0: grade 12 english classes connecting community through story this is the podcast project
1: and you're... it's not recording is it yeah it is oh okay welcome to stories from the street a podcast focusing on the untold stories from our local homeless community
0: A report done in 2016 shows that the population of homeless people in Victoria is close to 1,400 people, not counting the amount of undocumented homeless. With seven shelters totaling 235 beds, there just isn't enough resources to house all of these people. It is definitely time to take action. This episode, we are talking to the mayor of Victoria,
2: Lisa Helps. Ms. Helps became the 52nd mayor and was sworn into office in 2014. She is in her early 40s, is very professional, and shows compassion towards the
0: issues of homelessness. Miss Helps differentiates herself from others by standing true to her beliefs. For example, she made the controversial decision to decline when it came time to be sworn in and take the oath of allegiance to the Queen. She explained that she had nothing against the Queen, she would just like to recognize the fact that Victoria is based on the lands of the Songhees and the Esquimalt First Nations, which was not acknowledged in the traditional pledge. Miss Helps has made it clear that she has
2: chosen to recognize the unspoken minorities, like the homeless of Victoria, which is what we will be
0: exploring today. Our first question we asked Ms. Helps was what she would do to help the homeless if she had her dream budget.
3: So, believe it or not, right now we do kind of have a dream budget. Um, It's been a long time coming, but we have uh, $60 million to build new housing, and we're looking for another $30 million from Ottawa. So we'll have $90 million to build new housing, not only for people who are homeless, but for people who are working and can't pay their rent.
2: We then asked what she would do with the $90 million.
3: The first thing I do is make sure that enough resources are put into prevention because that's the most important thing is to prevent people from being homeless. The other thing I do is make sure that youth aging out of care have all the supports they need to become successful adults in the world and not end up on the street, particularly Indigenous youth.
0: The number of individuals surveyed in a homeless count identifying as Aboriginal or having Aboriginal ancestry is 235, which is 16% of the homeless population. One of Ms. Help's main goals is to create more affordable housing, especially for the First Nations populations.
3: So build enough housing in a mixed income kind of way, and that's what the uh, Housing First plan is. So the whole building wouldn't be for people who are homeless. About maybe 20% of the building would be for people coming right off the street. Another portion of the building for people poor and just not able to afford regular rent, and then another um, portion of the building for people who are, who are working and can pay close-to-market rents. Uh, that meets people's needs, not just when they're coming off the street, but throughout the course of their life.
2: According to the Homeless Hub, transitional housing refers to supportive yet temporary types of accommodation that is meant to bridge the gap between homelessness and permanent housing by offering structure, supervision, support, life skills, and in some cases, education and training. As of 2014, there are 1,785 people living in these facilities. What kind of traditional housing is there in Victoria?
3: There are a number of transitional housing facilities throughout the region. The province bought uh, Mount Edwards. Uh, the Johnson Street community, the Super 8 and the Tally Ho. So they basically, we've been saying for years, buy up all the vacant buildings in the city. And it really took Tent city, I think, to push the province in that direction. View Royal Centre will be turned actually into a recovery community. So for people coming off the streets who want to get off drugs or alcohol, or for people coming out of jail, or for the judge in the court, they can, the people to the recovery community instead of sending them to jail. So that's kind of another form of transitional housing. For the past, I would say, two or three years, we're finally taking a regional, approach to homelessness and for a long time a lot of the housing and transitional housing has only been in Victoria Uh, and then a lot of the housing that the province built in response to Tent City um, is transitional not in that people have to move in and then move out after two months but it's transitional in it's as in it's kind of a step off of the street to get stabilized and then move towards regular um, regular market apartments well all of the people from Tent City have been housed because the judge said they had to be in order for (laughs) for Tent City to be shut down From fall of
0: 2015 to late 2016, a temporary housing community grew into a permanent city of tents situated on the Victoria Courthouse lawn. The site became part of a campaign demanding more low-income housing in Victoria that spurred the government to find housing for more than a 100 people at the camp. After a vigorous court battle, the provincial government was forced to find housing for all of the tent city residents and spent $3 million in legal fees and site cleanup. Ms. Helps claims that all the Tent City residents have been housed, yet there is no way to prove this and the people we have talked to at Rock Bay Landing have told us differently. We, as students, are confused on why actions were not taken before Tent City started. Ms. Helps states that there were opportunities to create new housing, but it took Tent City to push this initiative of creating more transitional housing.
2: Ms. Help's second goal was to invest in homeless prevention. A common stereotype is that the homeless all suffer from drug abuse, which causes them to end up on the streets. However, studies show that although substance abuse is higher amongst the homeless population, homelessness cannot be caused by substance abuse alone. A person that is experiencing a problematic lifestyle, such as a low income, will have an increased risk of losing the housing. We wonder what is available for the homeless seeking treatment but not having the means to receive it
3: there's not much. Um, Again, I don't know how many exact beds there are in the city or the region or on the island. So the Super 8, one whole floor of that has been dedicated to treatment. So about 30 new spaces. This project that I was talking about earlier, that's the really exciting one in terms of um, treatment and recovery. That's uh, modeled on a program from Italy uh, called San Patriano, where people, they go and they live there for four years and they come out basically not only treated from their of their addiction but the trauma that led to the addiction in the first place the choices will be converted into a therapeutic recovery community that'll be for about 50 people and they'll go and live there for between 18 months to two years um, become kind of peer supporters to the people coming in the year after them into the program there's not enough um, beds or spaces The therapeutic recovery community is really exciting, and that'll take literally 50 people who aren't being treated right now and create 50 new spaces. BC Housing is committed to giving our place the building if they can come up with the funding. So, I mean, in my wildest dreams, it would be open by June.
0: Homeless prevention also includes helping people with mental and physical disabilities. Is there the same amount of resources put into people struggling with mental
3: illnesses as there is with addiction?
1: If we're struggling with mental disabilities or disorders, what's available for them?
3: I don't know. My sense is that there's not enough. Um, as Mayor of Victoria, I'm also the co-chair of the Coalition to End Homelessness. And the for last couple of years, we've been focused on what we've called the Priority One cohort, which are the people who um, have been the most difficult to fit into the existing housing system, um, whether it's because they're violent, whether it's because they've been kicked out of everywhere, whether it's because they, they just move in and damage places because they're not used to living inside. And the coalition created what we call the Priority One Task Force. We identified with Island housing of 74 people who'd basically been kicked out of everywhere. And they're often had been called hard to house as if it's their problem. But actually, if we're the people providing the housing as a community and they're not fitting into the model, then maybe it's our problem. And so we focused with Island Health, Vic PD, um, the coalition to figure out what are the characteristics of housing that these people would be able to move into. And we had really great success. According to Homeless Hub,
0: youth homelessness refers to young people between the ages of 13 and 24 who are living independently of parents and or caregivers, and importantly, lack many of the social supports deemed necessary for the transition from childhood to adulthood. In any given year, there are at least 35,000 to 40,000 youth experiencing homelessness in Canada. The report also identifies systemic failures such as a difficult transition out of child welfare as a key contributor to homelessness. We asked Ms. Helps what is available for you struggling with this problem in Victoria.
3: In response to that priority one and all of us coming to the same table, and so from the success of that, we've now convened a youth task force. So that was my long way of saying that um, in terms of the coalition, the priority one work where we're all at the table, we're all working together and actually delivering results. The same laser focus has now been put on youth. Um, in Youth, I think, are the the most vulnerable uh, to homelessness, again, particularly youth coming out of care. When we did a, a homeless needs assessment a couple years ago, uh, we found that I think something like 35% of the people who we interviewed and there were about 1,300 of them, said that they had been homeless before the age of 24. That that tells us that focusing on youth is really important. Um, The Threshold Society does really great work housing youth. Their policies, as I understand them, are abstinence-based, and that doesn't work for everyone.
1: I think the current estimate for Victoria is between um, 17 and 18% of the homeless population is
3: youth. Under 24. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another problem with the, with the way that, that youth are categorized um, by the provincial government. It's like when you're 18, you're no longer a youth. But when you're 18, I mean, how old are you guys? 17. Right. And would you be totally fine living on your own next year? No. disaster. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so I think that that's another challenge. I don't know what the answer is, but it's, it's definitely a problem. And, and from the coalition's point of view, we've now turned our laser focus on to youth in the same way we did with the Priority One folks earlier.
1: Kind of going back to how you said um, you had the apartments for the people, the homeless and then the low income and then mm-hmm. the people who were like working. Yeah. Are there any jobs that are like, because we've talked to people who are homeless and they said the hardest part about going out and like doing job interviews, I send out like 40 resumes. But as soon as I show up for the interview, the first thing they say is, oh, like you're homeless. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a stigma against Totally. Them. Is there any jobs
3: or systems in place to help the homeless get a job and develop an income? Yes, Uh, one is the Downtown Victoria Business Association. They have a clean team. And those people who work there aren't necessarily homeless, although some of them might have just been coming out of homelessness. That is a group of people who go and pick up garbage, clean the streets, wash off graffiti. They're paid. Uh, They're paid well. And that program started to get people who are homeless or coming out of homelessness working. They've started an employment program at our place. Um, They've got employment coaches. They've got training. And then most importantly, to go to your point earlier about stigma, they've got relationships set up with employers who know the people who've been through the training process and who are willing to hire them how do you get involved in those like the clean city and this other one do you have to be recommended or like do the homeless schools seek them out themselves i don't i don't know um i don't know how it works over at um over at the DVBA. a guy named rob he's he's in charge he hires people like he's empowered to hire people it, it's kind of almost full-time work so the turnover as you can imagine isn't that high.
2: From our previous interviews, the majority of the homeless community have expressed how difficult it is to become employed. The issue, as well as many other issues we have talked about today, all relate back to stigma.
0: Um, When we were interviewing the homeless community, one of the common themes was the stigma around homelessness and how people kind of don't view them as
3: people, and how can that be changed so they feel like they are part of our community. And it's also heartbreaking, like these are people's sisters and mothers and brothers. like they could be you or I. we see we see a lot of discrimination come up through uh, land use processes. It's really shocking if people would come out and say, you know, I don't want those black people in my neighborhood, or I don't want those indigenous people in my neighborhood, we would not tolerate it. But when people come out and say, I don't want those poor people in my neighborhood, some, somehow it's okay for them to stand up publicly in the council chambers and say that.
0: Hubs clearly defines the prejudices against homelessness in today's society, and how the stereotype can relate to more talked about issues like racism and homophobia.
3: What we're doing in terms of land use, we're working on a policy to uh, n- name what is discrimination, what is appropriate what's not appropriate both at the community association land use committee meetings and at at city hall so there will be there's like a handout that's going to go on every chair that says you know what is discrimination just a reminder and and don um, elliot from the coalition he calls it the cringe test if it would make you cringe to substitute black or indigenous or gay then maybe you should not put in the word poor or homeless. And it has to hit people in their gut to to change behavior. It it is a big problem and I don't have all the answers. You'll probably remember a couple years ago when Tent City was uh, still on and when we needed to find places for people to go even before the judge said so. We opened up a city-owned building at the Boys and Girls Club. There was absolute outcry because there's the central middle school right across the road and, and the parents, I mean, you know, they're trying to look out for their kids, which I totally get. We didn't really have a choice. We needed to get people inside anyway so we opened it and that was a city decision what happened was the school took a really proactive approach and they went and started to get to know their neighbors so they went over there and made dinner they went over there and did art then it closed because everyone got housed and then this winter we needed to open it again and the principal honestly he said on the news he's like i can't wait till my place opens again so that's another way to to build understanding is just you know this is where it requires leadership from the likes of us that was a a really good example And, and actually the principal said that it's better for them than when it's just a vacant building.
0: Victoria
2: is known for its warmer climate. Therefore, the cost of living is one of the highest in Canada. A one-bedroom apartment averages at $900. We asked Ms. Helps what she does to manage the increasing number of homeless that come to seek better weather in Victoria. At
3: the federal level, you create a national housing strategy so people can be housed wherever they are in the country. That really is the answer. Some people do come to Victoria because of the weather, but if you ask any mayor in Canada, they'll say people come to Toronto because it's a big city or people come to Halifax because it's the biggest city in the east the problem is the same in every single city. It's probably not any better or worse in Victoria than it is anywhere else. It's a free country and people are free to move even if they're homeless and so the the answer to that is creating a national housing strategy so wherever you live you can get the housing and support you need in your own community because think about how hard it is to move even as a house person, you know, moving into a new community as someone who's homeless is really hard so it doesn't happen kind of as much as as we think. Although you've talked to people and, and some people have definitely come from afar.
2: Although natural disasters are pretty rare in Victoria, we asked what kind of emergency protocol there is to protect the homeless community.
1: The other night we had like a tsunami warning mm-hmm. and everyone was asked to get two blocks away from the oceanfront, mm-hmm. I believe it was. A lot of the homeless people sleep downtown and that's really close to the waterways. So like, are there any safe places where the homeless could go if there was like an emergency, like an earthquake mm-hmm. or a tsunami or anything? Well,
3: that's interesting. I mean, that would be that would be a real kind of way to end discrimination because then if there's an earthquake then everyone's all, all of a sudden homeless, right? The homeless <laughs> people will probably be the ones who are leading us. We would do the same kind of evacuation process. If there's emergency protocol, in place to sweep the areas. If anyone was sleeping outside in those areas, they would be found by the emergency person. According
0: to the Homeless Hub, the stereotypes that surround homelessness have proven to impede them from getting a job. Because of the factors such as lack of a permanent address, inability to maintain proper hygiene or nutrition, physical or mental health, and or addiction issues, training and employment programs for people experiencing homelessness is different than doing so for the house population. Most programs for youth experiencing homelessness in Canada focus on skills development, getting them into the job market, rather than providing them with an opportunity to finish school. What is available for homeless people seeking further education in Victoria?
3: province ha- announced free post-secondary tuition for all is it all kids coming out of care or all aboriginal kids coming out of care. That is a huge announcement. But of course to go to university you need to be housed.
1: So people who are in their 20s or 30s who uh, don't have a formal education.
3: So there's the Our Place program. Uh, GT Hiring Solutions has some training. Uh, provincial government is responsible for providing training dollars whether it's their announcement about the universities or like mid-career. What you see at Our Place is a lot of people who are in there not just 20 and 30s but 40s and 50s who are you know used to be a carpenter but they got hurt and they need retraining province has uh, quite a number of retraining programs it really does go back to stigma so you've been through a training program you've got your certificate but you're still homeless or you've been homeless and you haven't been employed that's i think the bigger work we have to do even if there is free education for them coming out of systems like is there the places people can go to have a person there to help them and to guide them through the steps and how to apply and how to get the grants you'd you'd hope so right like all of those kinds of things and not to keep saying it's a provincial responsible but like cities are responsible for roads and parks and sewers and all of these issues land on our doorstep so I would hope there are programs in place again even with the province's announcement so awesome yeah you can get free tuition but who takes you through that but I think there is something fundamentally broken about saying that you're all of a sudden an adult when you're 18 If you're in foster care and then you're just thrown out on your own, like even before like mentorship to apply for university, the the institutionalization and and foster care, it's a fundamentally broken system. And you can't just throw kids out when they're 18 and hope for the best. And that's what's been happening. What kind
1: of changes do you see being implemented over the next year, five years,
3: decade? More housing. Like the answer to all of these questions is housing that's supportive, housing that's secure, housing that's affordable, housing that's safe. With this, so the first step was getting my Colleagues over there at the CRD to say, yeah, we'll borrow up to thirty million dollars to build new housing, and that's that was huge because to date it's been kind of happenstance, a little bit from the city, a little bit from the province, but every municipality and local government in the region said yes, we're going to put thirty million bucks because we know housing is important. Then the province put in another thirty million, and that will allow us to build 880 new units. If we get another thirty million dollars from the federal government, we'll be able to build 2,000 new units of housing over the next five to seven years across the region. It's not going to solve everything, but the idea with building housing is that when people become homeless for whatever reason, that there is a housing ecosystem that has room in it for everyone. So people will still become homeless, but they just won't stay homeless for so long. That's what's going to be happening: is making that, getting that sixty ninety million dollars out into the community in the form of new housing, the residential tenancy agreement. They'd sign a lease or kind of month to month. This would be their homes, and that's why it's so important to get it right so that we don't just build, you know, a warehouse for everyone who's on income assistance or everyone who's coming off the street, that the mixed use of these buildings is so important.
0: And I think it would be really great if those who are working at that housing are like helping to build or maintain, come from the homeless community themselves because the theme that we have seen over
3: and over again and a common statement is that the help that comes to the homeless comes from the homeless.
1: So do you expect housing to become more affordable?
3: The ninety million dollar housing will be affordable because 400 units will be rented at 375 a month. So oh, wow. they have to be. That's how much you get for income assistance. If the province raises it to 475 or something, then the rents will go up. So 400 of the 2,000 units will be affordable. Basically, if the nonprofit profit societies want the money from us, then they have to build affordable housing. And then some units will be at 50% of market, so about half of what the current market rate is, and then another portion at 85% of the market rate. So they will all be affordable. And what does that unit look like? A 375 a month unit would be for one person, relatively small. But what we're really Wishing for is a mix, right? So that some units will be one-bedroom, some units will be two-bedroom, maybe even some 3 bedrooms, so that people can kind of move around and about in their actual community. The
2: income assistance of a single person per month totals at $710, with rent at a minimum cost of $900. It is clear to see why we have a homeless problem in Victoria. Ms. Help's plans to make housing affordable is just one of the steps of an ongoing solution to end homelessness along with ending the stigma and creating safe treatment
0: options. We still have a long way to go before homelessness is eradicated. My name is Kara Butler, and I'm a grade 12 student in Victoria, BC. Throughout this project, I experienced a roller coaster of emotions. From shock to pity to guilt, I never realized how little I knew about the homeless community in Victoria until I was face to face with someone I used to see as dangerous and a bluster being. I know now just how wrong I was. My advice to our audience is to further educate themselves on the issues surrounding homelessness and to try not to be too quick to judge. I've learned that all that anybody wants is to be treated as an equal.
2: My name is Kiana Fisher, and I am also a grade 12 student. When I was younger, I felt awkward when walking past someone homeless. I would judge them without meaning to, and I wouldn't know whether or not to look them in the eye. Now that I have heard some of their stories, and I have learned about all the different circumstances that can lead to homelessness, I am more aware of the homeless in Victoria. I found this project extremely beneficial as it has helped spread awareness throughout the community. By creating this podcast, I have discovered how difficult it is to end homelessness and the stigma against them. I have also learned the steps the government is taking to aid the homeless. Next time I see someone homeless, I know I will smile at them as I feel more of a personal connection
0: and urge to make a difference. We would like to thank our teacher for initiating this project in an effort to create change, and thank everyone involved, as well as Mayor Lisa Helps, for participating. We'd especially like to thank our audience for listening, and we hope that we have had as much of an impact on you as this project has had on us. Thank you for listening to the podcast
1: project. We want to give a quick shout-out to Twisted Way for their support. And make sure to tune in next time for more stories from the street. If you're looking to lend a helping hand, please donate to your local homeless shelters or volunteer. Next time you're walking down the street, make sure to take a minute
3: and spread spread kindness. kindness.